CBD has become extremely popular in the past year, and as the market becomes saturated, it becomes more and more difficult to navigate and choose the right company and product. That's where Ned comes in. They produce the highest quality CBD extracted from the finest organic hemp plants from a small homestead in the bountiful farmland of Paonia, Colorado. Ned is a wellness brand offering science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. No isolates or synthetic ingredients. Full transparency, Ned shares third-party lab reports who farms their products, their extraction process, all right there on their website. Their full-spectrum hemp oil only contains their CBD extract and non-GMO MCT oil. That's it. The taste is clean and pure. It's used as a sleep aid, also used to treat insomnia, used as an anti-inflammatory and natural pain reliever, and to treat anxiety and post-traumatic stress. It's used to treat depression, and it's a rich source of antioxidants, very important treatment of serious chronic conditions as well, such as epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and more. And Chris, you just put up a recent post that got plenty of traction. A lot of veterans who have said that they've used different types of CBD and we're kind of uh, getting them onto Ned now where uh, we're having them make that switch. Yeah. And, you know, it's up to them, up to them as long as, and I believe in Ned because I've been using it and I've been using it quite a bit. Uh, I say that actually every day. Uh, I take uh, I take a dose and I do it in the morning. I and that's I, I do it in the morning. And the reason I did it in the morning is because when I first started to use it, I wanted to see, you know, you want to see if there's that lethargy. You see if there's that euphoria. You, know, you get that that, that it's not a stereotype. It's the truth. When you smoke pot, you get dazed and confused. <laughs> the whole movie was made dazed and confused about that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to see, like, well, I, you know, I don't want to just take it at night. I wonder if it's in the morning. It'll help me get through the day. Am I going to be lethargic? Am I going to be, uh, you know, just out of it? Euphoric? Am I going to have that same feeling that I did? Uh, and I, I, hey, guys, I, I'll say it out there. I've admitted on polygraphs before too. Yeah, I've smoked weed before, and I, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to test it that way because that's that's how I believe people should use it, or at least in my case, because I'm a very very active person. Um, and I didn't, and, and no, I took it, take it in the morning every day, and and it makes me feel I have a great day. I, I, it always makes me feel just more relaxed, but also not relaxed as I'm tired and I don't want to do anything. Just I can handle anything during the day, like just even somebody cut me off in traffic. I don't get as mad as I used to. So um, no, it's 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 outstanding. And this it's this is where me. we differ, though. I have to do nighttime yeah. for me. I, I really would recommend it for nighttime, but I think it just affects different people yeah. differently because yep. I do get a little sleepy and I do start to have my head in the clouds a little bit. And next thing you know, I'm having the greatest sleep of my life, remembering dreams, all that stuff. And that's where you know, people, sometimes their mind races at night. They're just so stressed out that their mind just goes crazy. Mine used to do that as well. Um but the, the daytime I take it in the morning, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm great all day. And you know what else I've been seeing? It, it's that I have ulcerative colitis. For those who don't know what that is, that's a, that's a, it's Crohn's. So it's a different form of Crohn's disease. Uh, it just happens in the same area. You have a, a really bad inflammation in your lower intestines and, uh, and your, and your colon, <laughs> you know, that's why I had to get an endoscopy and a colonoscopy yep, last yep. week, but um, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Yep. And, um, and I take it and actually it's helped that out a bunch too. My stomach's not near upset. I can feel myself absorbing food better now. So That's it's good. just uh, overall lifestyle. It's changed and it's, it's continues to be, it continues to improve and improve and improve. And I highly recommend Ned and I highly recommend them because also they're, 
they're just they're the nicest people over there as well. Always have questions and they always answer them for me. <laughs> yeah, no, they're great. And, and I saw other people in the comments saying they have Crohn's and that CBD yeah. has helped them. Uh, and one of the questions that we've gotten, and I have no problem addressing this because Ned has on their website, there's some guys who are active duty that are like, hey, I don't know if I could use this because it might show up on a drug test. And yeah. they're yeah. very open about that. They're like, we don't want you to possibly lose your livelihood by trying this. So, you know, if you're in that position, uh, they explain all of that on the website. But, yes, you know, and, and sometimes that escapes me because I've worked in radio for at this point 14 years. I've never had to take a drug test for that type of job. I mean, I feel like none of us would be working in radio. I I don't do any drugs, <laughs> but, but like, you know, think of um, if you guys listen to Siri, Sirius XM, like uh, Jose Mangan, he's not going to pass a fucking drug test. No, no. <laughs> but, but, I mean, listen, listen, I listen. What's the what's the Rastafarian network, dude? The, the one that has... On serious, when that's Jimmy Cliff and, and I, I love all that oh, stuff, but I don't know, I don't know who yeah. the DJ is. But yeah, yeah he's not going to pass that's the not drug a stereotype, test. But that is not a stereotype. Yes, you, I can, I'll put money on half those people on there soaking it up before they get on the radio. So, but but you're right, brother. The military and, and law enforcement, they they have the standards. Yeah, no no drugs, no no THC or so. Um, but I think honestly, I, I do think because it, it isn't, it doesn't, it doesn't impair impair you at all. In fact, it makes me even uh, more visually uh, active, more acute to what's going on around me. I just don't get as angry as quick as I, and, and you know, I, do, I just don't get as angry really at all. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, but it's they need to come around. They yeah, that, really I was going to say the same that. thing. Unfortunately, THC can show up, you know, on on that type of test. So just yeah. be aware of it. And for you guys who are no longer active duty, don't have to worry about that stuff. We couldn't recommend it any more highly. So Ned, once again, will not get you high. Full Spectrum Hemp is a non-psychotropic. Ned products contain a minuscule amount of THC, which is less than 0.3% as allowed by law. And once again, if you want to check out Ned and try CBD, we have a special offer for the Battleline audience. Go to helloned.com slash Battleline. Or enter Battleline at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash Battleline to get 15% off your first order, plus shipping. Thank you, Ned. Also, with us every single show, and we really support them, is Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented Solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact, which is their trademark. Tumbles upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. And uh, much like you've said about our other sponsors, Chris, I'm, I'm always in touch with them. Great people, great company. They're they're fantastic. They're always available. And and what I would recommend, oh, I almost lost my phone there. What I would recommend to people is to, again go on, you know, listen to me and Ian. We we talk about it. I speak greatly about them, and I use their product. I've been using it for years in, in the training world of my Battle Line Tactical Training Company, as long as as well as my fellow instructors Ben Morgan and Benny Glossop, Chris Stoner, and Jeremy Mitchell out there. But also. 
go in on the YouTube site, search for Scott Munitions and look for yourselves. That's where you're going to see the jail test. That's where you're going to see the, the actual round in action. And uh, so I can talk to you about it all day. You can see me when I'm shooting it, but I would highly recommend search Fort Scott Munitions on YouTube. And there's tons of videos out there showing the uh, the effectiveness and just the 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 accuracy and you know the consistency of of the of the ammunition that they make and the, and it's all types around. So definitely check it out on YouTube. Go and look uh, search Fort Scott Munitions, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Absolutely, FortScottMunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. Let's get right into everything. Hit the music. On the microphones, pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peranto and Ian Scotto. This is the Battle Line Podcast. Right, so getting into everything, we promised that we were going to do a guest-free show and get into like Q and A and that type of stuff. And I just thought it was a cool idea to do some Q and A. Yeah, yeah. You know, people have plenty of questions for the show. I love talking to our guests. We're getting a lot of great people on, but uh, I figured just Scotto and Tonto for this show. Tonto and Scotto, however you want to put it. I said Scotto and Tonto. I I, I think people want to hear that, too. We get guests, but it's good to have a QA and a session. It's good to have just us on the show. Uh, And we were, you know, I'm not, I don't even ever want to compare, compare ourselves, not because I don't think we're as good, because I really do believe that we are, but I don't want to compare ourselves to like a Rush Limbaugh or anything like that, that don't ever have guests on or have guests very rare. But you see those shows are very successful. They just talk and I think you and I have that rapport and have that ability to just come on and talk and, and answer questions that people want to have questions answered. So let's yeah. do it. I can't, I can't do Facebook Live very often in the spring because I'm so busy just traveling. So this is a good time to do it. And it's good time. I think it's a good setting to do it. Yeah. And, and also, I think the questions, I'll be honest, are a little bit more thought out. We could kind of skim yeah. through what, we, what yeah. we want to. During a Facebook Live, sometimes you get a lot of the same things. I don't know if you get it because when I would you know do the same thing with Jack sometimes, it was like, what does it take to be an Army Ranger? I'm sure you've answered that a million times. Yeah. It's, but it's a good, you know, it, it's always coming from a youngster. Yeah. Yeah. That wants to go in. So you want to answer that. That's, that's, yeah, and that's, you know, this last week in California, I, I did do a speaking and, and guys, I'm not I'm full disclosure. I, I'm a paid, paid motivational public speaker, but I also do stuff that, that I, you know, if it's if something that I think is very, very, uh, uh, and, uh, something that can help, help. And especially it's usually with the kids, it's usually with the youngsters. And so I had a paid speaking event out there that I did, uh, for a, a, a donors for they donate to a school called Olive Crest, or it's a transitional 
housing for youth that are coming out of the system, criminal justice, correctional system, and moving them into society. But I also, the night before, it wasn't. There was an, they asked me if I'd come, just come talk to the kids, the kids that are still in. And a lot of these guys are, you know, we're in Southern California there. It's there, there, there's, and I, I don't think they're the, the original gangsters. They're not OGs, but their dads were, their parents were, their families were. These are some, some hard charging kids. And, uh, and when I say hard charge, I mean in a bad way. These guys are, have, have done some stuff and seen some like, stuff. Like, uh, uh, like scared straight. Well, it's, it's no, these, these kids are, these kids have, have grown up on the streets. There's a kid, a couple that have been shot at quite a bit. I remember when I forgot done talking, he came and was shaking because he, he brought back memories of him getting shot at when he was running away from a rival gang. And, um, but, which but, I mean, it's like those kids on scared straights. Well, I, we, right? I just, you know what, I'd come and talk to him. I talked to him, not, not about Benghazi. I, t- I put little bits in there. But I don't think people have realized how much, and I've had a, I've, I've been very lucky, very blessed with a great family, great parents. I, and to do some of the things that I did growing up, uh, you know, I, I'm not a gangster. I'm not, <laughs> I, I knew a lot of them, but I, I was never one, but I, I did a lot of things where I was arrested when I was younger. I, you know, I was, I was heavy into alcohol, um, did stuff that all these kids do, but then I, I took it to the next level on some of these things I used to do as well, even when I got older. So I tell these kids, you know, these failures, hey guys, I was arrested. I was thrown in a mental institution when I was younger. I guys, people don't know that. I, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I was, I, I was diagnosed with the disease when I was starting to succeed and kicked out of the military. I was kicked out of the military before that as well. I, you know, I've had these things that have come over. You can overcome them. But you have to be willing to make that decision to overcome those obstacles and and those paths that, that may be there. You have to be willing to take those paths. Because I think a lot of speakers come in and they talk to kids and they say, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. This And me, it's like, guys, this is your opportunity. But nobody can make you do the right thing except you. I can come and tell you all the time what's right and wrong. And I may yeah. not even. But unless you make that decision to take the right path or a path or take the path that you think may be a little difficult, but it feels the right way, you're never going to change. Because with me, my parents let me basically just be the hellion. But I always had that option. I always had that path. I knew what the right thing to do was. I just never wanted to do it till I was about 47. <laughs> then I finally <laughs> figured it out. But that, but it's it's wonderful. To, but it's hard also talking to to the kids too, because there's there was a lot of them in there that I saw like me, the tough kids that were 15, 16 years old that you couldn't say thing to because I knew everything. They yeah. knew everything. And, and and but you have to still have patience. And but you know what? You may you may route. have uh, planted a seed and not even known it yet. You know it might. That, that's that's, what, that's yep. always the type of thing that maybe two years down the line, they'll be like, I remember when that Army Ranger CIA contractor came in and something that he said, and then it, it might hit them years later. It, it did. And that's what did with me. I never heard it then, but I heard it years from years later. And, you know, the Benghazi story helps with the kids because that's they, they want to hear. You know, they do. They want to hear. You know, what was my question is how many people did you kill? You know, that's the kind of questions you're yeah. going to, but they, they, and especially that crowd. But if that ropes them into hearing about God and faith and overcoming adversity, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to glamorize it. Yeah. You know, I it's cool. I, I think you're not the type of guy and there are many of them and I understand it where if they get asked that they completely shut down and, and honestly are like, fuck off. I don't want to talk about that. And with you, you nah. kind of are a more open guy. 
Well, I, I'm, I'm going to ask him about it because I, I get it. I, I do understand it. Guy, yeah, guys, I've never been in Serenios or Norteños. I've never been 13th Street, 14th Street, white fence, rolling 60s, rolling 20s, rolling. F- I've never done it. I've, have I have I hung out? Have I been with Tongan Crip gangsters? Yes, of course. I, I But those guys were no that. That was always where my pet. No, God, don't go down that path. They're, they're and it's, it's almost sometimes romantic those things because those guys are. When you're a kid growing up, they're like God, that, those guys are pretty tough. You're 15, 16 years old on the streets, getting into some trouble, getting into little firefights, and, and it, it does look appealing as a youngster growing up. And again, luckily for me, with my parents, I had that base for like, yeah, that's probably not the right thing to do because my parents. I was middle class. I wasn't. I wasn't in the. I w- we weren't in poverty. We were lower middle class, but we were still middle class, you know, and, and, but that's where I get though, where the romanticism of being shot at or, Hey, have you ever been in a gunfight before? Because when I was that age, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world just to hear about and talk about. Granted, did I ever want to be in it? I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I think about it now, probably not <laughs> when I was that age, but that's why I don't mind talking about it when they ask, because it grabs their attention because they, that's something they get interested in. And that also goes back really, and you know as good as I do, from the movies. Yeah. Movies, it, it's cool. But if it gets them in so they hear the rest of what I had to say, which is, you know, hey, I'm a screw-up just like y'all. Hey, man, I've screwed up a million times, but I figured it out finally because I had faith and I believed in God. And I was able to pick myself up after I screwed up. If they're able to get that, then, of course, I'm going to talk about it because – you have to find a common interest when you're a public speaker to bring people in who really want to listen to you. And that's with kids. That's one of those things. It's, you know, that's just today's society, but that's how it was when we were growing up too. Dude. That's why we played Cowboys and Indians. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, man. Uh, and it sounds like what you're doing is rewarding for you too. Um, get, getting to these questions here. Uh, we have a lot, Th- this first one, I already kind of know what the answer is, but you know, it, it brings me back to that. People can't listen to every single episode. And I totally get that. Um, because this is something that has been answered in another episode, but for those who don't hear all of them, figured we'd address it. So this is from Kathy uh, Heberling. Hi, listen to show 11 with Gary Brugman. Question. Chris said that the president shouldn't have pardoned Eddie Gallagher. Just curious as to why he said that. I followed along with the Eddie Gallagher story, and it seems he was blindsided extremely unfairly. Am I missing something? Thank you. Great podcast, by the way. Um, do you want to take that one first? I'm going to answer it too, brother, but I know you have a lot to say on that too. And I usually take the, take the head on that one, but I, I'll put my two cents in too, but you want to take that yeah, one first? I, I mean, yeah, the yeah. main thing, and I did respond to her is that if she listens back to the episode with Jack Murphy, which you could see in the archive, we get fully into it. Um, and actually over the weekend, 60 minutes did a piece with Eddie Gallagher and he was on it. And I was very surprised that Eddie Gallagher uh, agreed to appear on it because it was definitely not a flattering piece. It was not the Fox News Pete Hegseth narrative of this guy is a hero or as um, Donald Trump called him one of the great fight war fighters. Um, he called him one of the ultimate fighters. It was just a weird uh, term I feel like to use. But yeah, in the 60 Minutes piece, I mean, they showed the pictures of him posing with dead bodies and that wasn't all that he did. If that was all that he did, I maybe I'd feel a little differently, but I think you have to listen back to that, that episode And hear the perspective of the SEALs that he served with, even the Green Berets who were on missions with him. And there's a lot of people who had negative things to say. Um, If you listen to Eddie Gallagher's side and his wife's side, those guys were all, you know, they called them like millennial crybabies. And I I don't really buy into that. You know, when all these people have negative things to say about you, it's probably coming from somewhere genuine. 
Um, but then you hear about shooting at civilians, killing civilians, yeah. uh, which we get into the, with the episode with Jack Murphy. Um, and then uh, there was a really negative reaction to the 60 Minutes appearance. People felt he came off as egomaniacal and, you know, some type of uh, megalomaniac type of thing. Because when they asked him about him posing with dead bodies, he said his reaction was like, oh, it's in poor taste. And, you know, the journalist and I thought it was a fair piece was like, you know, it's a little bit more than in poor taste. <laughs> It, that and that's as as a veteran and 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 being in situations where you have the opportunity to, especially as a contractor in 0304, we we didn't have any rules. We could have done whatever we wanted. Guys were doing whatever they wanted to do. It was the Wild West. You have to have a lot of moral and moral courage, a lot of integrity to do the right thing and not to post with pictures of dead bodies well come on what what the hell is that seriously is is that how cool you have to be now i got to post pictures with dead bodies uh, oh i got to get my knife kill was that yeah. a, that was a text that was found hey i just got my knife kill he texts that dis- and he, and by it, the way in the 60 minutes piece he's got that knife on display you know proudly uh, in, uh, on you know then no that's that's a hey, killing terrorists are terrorists yes they're bad people yes you know but but the being having the the brazen bravado of of saying hey yeah I, I killed somebody I killed somebody with my knife you know if we're drinking around the table a bunch of guys on the team and you're remembering that and I'm not saying it's okay then but it's it's going to come out it's a different setting yeah it, 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 and you're with your buddies and you've been through whatever because I guarantee if you had to kill somebody with a knife in a actual fight there's a lot more that was going on and it came down to it was him or you that was it I mean you, you, but the way Happ did it too, where it, it, it just, it's not in poor taste. It's, it's at the very least, it's unprofessional at the worst. That's, that's criminal. That's a, that's a criminal act, a criminal act. And then the, with the special forces team that he was with, you know, and again, I, I, I hate it. And I told Jack this too. I was like, Jack, dang it. I know your story, but I hate it when guys remain anonymous and say something like this. The reason being Jack. And first of all, I said, first of all, because I didn't remain anonymous and I could have, I didn't. I said, if you have something to say, that's truthful, then you should stick out, stand out there and say it. But I get it too. When you don't want to come out because you want to keep your job. Of course, if I, I remember fired. correctly though, and I could be wrong because we recorded it quite a while back at this point, it's been a couple months. Um, I think Jack may have said those guys had to remain anonymous. And, and if they, they have the reason being you have to, is because you got to keep your job or yeah. you may get, or you're going to get relieved of duty which that's fine that's what happened to me brother i had yeah. to remain anonymous too but that being said were they incorrect or were they lying no i don't think so i don't believe they were they were they shot a farmer he shot an innocent and he bragged about it and then he was removed from that team and a lot of those guys had uh, from the sf team that he was attached to a lot of those green berets those long tabbers also prior to that had had issues about his integrity when you're getting you're, i'm the same as you brother when you're getting that many complaints from guys within the community that you're working with. And when I say community, I, and whenever I say community guys, just, it always defaults. I mean, the special operations community, SEALs, Rangers, pararescue, uh, combat controllers, uh, special operations, aviation regiment, Delta, the unit, if a unit or the Delta, I don't, I'll call them Delta. I'm, there's no hellfire coming in to get me. I'm okay with that. That's from a, that's from a U860 guys. That was an inside joke because everybody <laughs> with Delta doesn't want to say Delta. So I'm going to say the unit anyway. When you got that many guys saying, you know what? Yes, this guy was an asshole. Yes, he did bad things. Yes, this whole team said he did kill an innocent and brag about it. Yes, he did stab a guy that was already dying. He said to, he said to put it out of his misery, but then he bragged about it on a text. 
bro, that's that is that is beyond unprofessional. That to me is is criminal. It's just it's just criminal acts. And 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 I to say he was blindsided. No, the reason that people and civilians think that he was blindsided is because it came out of nowhere when you heard it on the TV set. And, and also, <laughs> I mean, I, I said it on the episode with Jack, and I have no problem saying it. It's not anything against him personally because I've hung out with the guy. He's a good guy. But, um, you know, Pete Hegseth and those guys who've been out there, including like Sean Parnell, who I've worked with, they've done a very good job of putting a different spin on what happened. And, and that's a political spin. I, I wish President Trump would actually come talk to guys that aren't in the media about this come and talk to the team now on the other side with this with the prosecution the seals that were trying they handled it wrong too they they complete i mean what they leak information out there they tried to do a their own um what's the word i'm looking for in the media they're trying to put their own spin on things yeah. when it wasn't necessary at the time so Clint Lawrence, another one. That's another instant where I've been in that same situation with same situation before where I could have shot a motorcycles a lot of times on because that was usually where the attacks were coming from in Afghanistan, especially in that province down there in southern in the southern Afghanistan, Kandahar, Helmand and the Lashkar Guard, Spin Bolak. That's where a lot of the attacks were coming from motorcycles. But you just couldn't openly shoot a motorcycle because it was coming towards your troops or coming towards your car, or coming towards your position. You had to ID that thing and, and make sure and ensure that it was a good shoot. And that didn't happen either. But speak and, and say so Clint Lawrence, also another pardon at Pete Hicks, Pete Hegseth was was all up in arms about, hey, we need to get this guy pardoned. No, that was a terrible shoot, too. And he had other team members telling him not to shoot that had been in that area longer. So that's even worse. And then but, we talked about Major Goldstein, who would have been who, perfectly fine if he just kept his mouth shut. I mean, just what is, he admitted that he actually what, committed murder. I mean, he admitted that on he a did Fox it. News interview. On a and Fox had he have not interview. gone in, I mean, it goes to what you say often, like just stay out of the media with this stuff because well, he, and, he really got away clean and then, and then did media and incriminated yep. himself. Well, and that's, that's where Eddie Gallagher's going. That's why, you know, if you listen to that Jack Murphy episode um, and myself and Ian, I, I said, as I did at, at, with, with Eddie Gallagher, dude, you won, you, you won, you got a pardon, you got your retirement. Now go away. Because yeah, the more you, you, you stay in the media, yeah, it's going to bite you in the ass. You know what's funny to me is I posted about this on our Facebook page, and there are, of course, some people on the other side, and they were like, why are you guys still talking about this? Get over it. And you know what? Why is he still out in the media talking about it? I'm going to talk about it if he's out there talking about it. If if he wants this to be over with and he just wants his you know title back and wants to go away and not be in the spotlight, then... Go do that. But he's doing interviews galore. He's selling merchandise. So we've every right to talk about it. Well, and if I, honestly, if somebody asks us a question, I'm going to answer. If nobody asks them, I'm not going to answer it. I, I don't lose sleep over Eddie Gallagher being free or, or being incarcerated. I don't. But you ask me the question, There's, a, I'll answer it. That's my feeling. And as a veteran, and as a veteran, a combat veteran as well, or even if you want to say, oh, no, you were a civilian. Okay. As a combat military contractor, then if you want to say it that way, <laughs> um, and been in situations like that where I, yeah, I, I could have had a prisoner in step. The Taliban, let me give you an example. Here's another one. 
I, I think I talked about this before. In camp, after Coast, and, and I was working with the GRS when the incident happened in Coast, when Jeremy Wise and Southside. Uh, I don't know if those that don't know about the Coast incident, we used to uh, we have to search everybody that were coming on on U.S. bases. So the agency, if we had people coming on, they used GRS to search them. So if anybody was going to blow up, it would be us. So <laughs> it was, and it would always be a little ways away in some little building that's a ways away from the rest of the population on the base so it was just that would happen so that was one of our jobs out of a lot of multitude of jobs we had well at the coast incident and it was if you ever watched um zero duck 30 that's yeah. that's the movies that's the beginning that's that if no red nosy day they talk about it but hey could i that, ask really quick and, we'll, and i'll make yeah. sure that we get into this uh from the military guys that i've talked to the spec ops guys in general all seem to hate that movie. Were you a fan of it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no easy day. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, zero yeah. dark thirty. Oh, zero dark, zero dark. Oh, no easy day. No, the book was great. Um, no easy. No, it was a joke because that, that was like glamorized CIA. Yeah, ah, look how bad. It, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. But that beginning, because you know, I, I was working with those guys Southside. I and again, I wasn't buddies with them. My buddy Saint Nick, uh, John. John Castle that has a book out there that I sell with my book called John 1513. He worked with them. He was a very good buddy with them. Jeremy Wise had just come on. He was a SEAL. There was other guys I'd worked with. Doc Wyatt, who I'd worked with in Tripoli. Those guys were there. Well, bottom story, long story short, CIA decided, hey, we got this asset coming in. He's going to give us information on Osama bin Laden. The chief of base there, she was awful. Egomaniac, terrible. Um, she said, "No, we don't need to search him because we don't want to offend him, and he's got information. Let's just bring him all the way on the base." Well, they did, and can you guess what happened? He blew himself up and killed four. Uh, was it four? It, he killed Jeremy and he killed Southside, injured Doc Wyatt, um, and he killed the chief of base and he killed an actual a targeter. She was mm-hmm. actually one of the. She was a really good targeter. She worked in, in Afghanistan quite a bit. Well, he blew himself up, killed them all. So long story short, we go back to where we have to search him. It's not too long after I'm in Kandahar. We have this Taliban guy coming in and I have to go out there and search and make sure he doesn't have a bomb before he gets on the base. So I get out there. Well, he wouldn't. He, I was with another buddy of mine named uh, his. I just call him X. I, I won't give you his full name. X actually uh, died, um, died due to a motorcycle accident a few years back. Great guy. He's one of my mentors. Tremendous guy. A Navy SEAL as well. A former Navy SEAL. Um, well, I looked up to him, and great guy, but he was – the Taliban guy was giving us the attitude. Of course he's going to. You're Americans. You're not touching you. You're the infidel. You're unclean. You can't touch my crown. And I, there was nothing that could have said we couldn't just beat him down and just searched him and done whatever we wanted to him, and nothing would happen. We would have been in the perfect – honestly, perfect right to do it, and especially if he even got more physical – and I think it was going that route. I could see X starting to get that mad. And he had every right to. And X is awesome, awesome guy, uh, a tremendous operator. But I do remember stepping back and going, okay, this is a better way to handle this. And I remember I stepped back and I had a Bible that I was carried in my pocket, the little New Testament that you get when you go on deployments that everybody's given to by the USO. I pulled my Bible out and I said, hey, I said, tell I, the interpreter, I said, hey, tell him that I am not unclean. I believe in God just like he believes in Allah, which is the same thing, and he is more than welcome to touch my Bible. And I handed it to him, and he looked at me, and the Taliban guy and the interpreter told him, and the Taliban guy looked at me, eyes big, and just totally shocked. And he grabbed my Bible, and I said, can I please search him now? And he actually took out his Koran, he took out his cigarettes, he put them on the table, and I went and I was able to search him. And wow. no problem. And But that was the instance where – no, we are not the big, bad, jolly green giants over there that has to kill every. There's yeah, different yeah. ways to handle situations, and I could have been an all right to do whatever I wanted to that Taliban to 
get him to comply, and I handled it a different way. So when people say, oh, you're going after Eddie Gallagher, you know what? Kiss my ass. I ain't going after Eddie Gallagher. I've been in those situations before, and you can handle them differently. If you're in combat and you have to kill somebody because it's you or him, then you have to. Yes, you have to. But if you're not in a situation where your life is not a, not a threat or your buddy's life are not a threat at that moment and you're not in this, there, you have no right, no right, no reason at all to go kill that guy. None. And I'm going to get hit back. But fine. you get, Guys, you can hit me back and forth all the yeah, time. I mean, I've been they, there. They, I know we're, <laughs> we're going to speak our truth on here. It's what yeah. we do. And yeah. that's powerful, man. That's a powerful story. Yeah, and it's one of I, I still I smile because it was like, oh, my gosh, I actually when I walked out of there, I remember, damn, I, I don't know where that came from. And I actually felt like I did the right thing came from and God, you, man. It's like one of those supernatural experiences we talked about on the show with Truth Seeker. Yeah, yeah, it is, bro. But I, I and I love that was my favorite base. And I love X. <clears throat> I still miss him immensely. He was a tremendous, tremendous mentor to me just <clears throat> and to lose him when he came home was, was hard. And that's, it was about 10 years ago. And, um, yeah, that was hard, man. So, uh, and I still remember that instant with him because X and X was, X didn't play around. If he, he, he was going to mess somebody up, he would mess him up. And I remember I said, dude, just chill out, relax for a second. Let me see if I can handle this this way. And if we couldn't have, then we, yeah, we we're going to have to throw him around and, and basically strip search him. But he was able to to do it, and we got lucky too, dude. I mean, people say, "Well, what you you could have got lucky." Well, yeah, I could have. You're very you're very right. He could have had something and set it off, but I was looking at his hands. There's the only way he's going to set it off is by pushing a cell phone or pushing a button or something, unless there was a timer on him, which. I, we're, this is an old school. You don't hear the click, click, click like you see in the movies. If there's a tire on him, I just saw nothing in his hands. I saw nothing where he was sticking. I granted he's wearing some man jammies. He's wearing a shower kameez, so it's already baggy. But uh, you know, I, I just took that chance and said, okay, this is how we need to do it. <clears throat> also, I saw where we had lost a lot of hearts and minds of the people by doing stupid things. I was part of that too. And that was another instant where maybe we can actually win two battles here. I can get the search done, and he can now see that all Americans aren't just awful people, and maybe he'll tell somebody about it. Maybe that will trickle down. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Pro- I, propaganda I, I, in the good sense. Yeah. Yep. And, and yeah, it, it, it was. And, uh, it was a good learning experience for me. It, it really was. So, um, but that's why I say with Eddie got, no, yeah, I, I, he's, he's guilty of sin. And Eddie, dude, I'm telling you again, just, just go, go and retire and fish and play golf and be with your beautiful wife and just live life. You won, you won, walk away, Yeah. walk away, man. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the question, Kathy. I think that answers it. But if you want to hear even more in depth, listen back to the episode with uh, Jack Murphy. Uh, Here's a question for me. Uh, Ian, I'm really enjoying the Battle Line podcast. One bit of constructive criticism, to me at least. The woman's voice in the intro sounds a bit too faint. I think it would sound better if the volume on her voice was a bit higher. The overall effect is good, like she's speaking on a radio in some sort of war situation. I like that. And the choices of music, the way you manage the show, it's all very upbeat and professional without being slick. The show is authentic and awesome. I hope it grows big time and goes on for years. Best regards, Dave Eden, who is in Oshawa, Ontario. Which, by the way, before I even get to your question, I think it's really cool that we're getting all these listeners. And I printed out everywhere people are listening. In Canada, in Australia. The UK, Germany, India, Ireland, South Africa, <laughs> Taiwan, Mexico, Sweden. The list goes on. It's 50 countries that people are listening. So, 
dude, that's awesome. And that's all you, dude. I got no. That's all you right there. I got nothing I to do with that. <laughs> yeah. That's what. Well, you know, but that's why we agreed to do the show. That's why I agreed to do it. It's like because your experience. Thanks, you are, man. You are a subject matter expert in your field. You know what to do with radio. And, and I you guess said I, me, I don't gonna... know these people that are in uh, overseas. Though. I mean, I, and and also guys in Canada like Dave. Um, no, but I appreciate it. So uh, to answer his question, though, so the um, voiceover is actually a fellow Canadian, Debbie Rashawn, who I worked with uh, for Fangoria Radio. And so here's the thing. When I had her do the voiceover, I was hoping Debbie could have got it done in like a professional studio or something. Um, but it sounds like she just got it done on her iPhone and it sounded fine, but, you know, not up to par with like the microphone I'm using here. So I had to play around with the levels quite a bit. And I think it came out decent. If we ever get Debbie on the show, I'd love her to re-record it in a real studio so that we could use that. Um, but I got it up as high as I could. I think it sounds pretty good, but I hear you out as well. It, it could sound better. So maybe down the line we'll re-record it. But I do love Debbie's voice. Um, and Debbie is also just super busy between doing acting roles here in New York at times, in L.A., and living in Canada. And uh, she's great. I haven't seen her in years, though. All right, brother, that's it's on you. That's why we like the the criticism. That's the only oh, yeah, way you can absolutely. make things better is by finding. Well, what what are because what are we doing wrong, guys? What what can we? And those those sort of things seems particular. The technical stuff you have to tell us. Yeah. Because I, I and especially me, especially my ignorant, but I don't know. I don't know what's loud. And he, I'll even tell Ian after a show. Dude, was that good? I don't know. It was it good. I can't tell. That I it, kept it, it in. sound all right. I, I don't know if you listened back. I kept in on the Luke Ryan show. You being like, as long as you keep saying every show, the people are going to like this. Because I was yep. like, that's too funny. You got to keep that in here. Yeah, you got. But that, but that's that's why. Also, as and this is goes back when I guys when you're when you're working with people when you're when you're when you're in a in a team environment. Like I said, you got to let guys that are better at a particular job do that job. Learn from them, but let them take the take the lead role. Like Ian, Ian, there's no way in hell I'm going to tell Ian what to do for do the as far as engineering, putting the radio show together, nice, uh, you know, doing even doing the ads. No way. He's he knows what he's doing, and just like I hope Ian doesn't come to the range and try to tell me how exactly. to shoot. Okay, so but that's where the respect comes in. I think we lose a lot of that. And when I, when I talk to a lot of corporations. There is. There's that ego that somebody know. The CI is, per, is a prime example of this. People that are too proud to take take recommendations or to listen to somebody else, as far as maybe that knows a little bit more in a particular facet of a job, and they they get they get they get butthurt. And they don't want to listen. Where if you're able to do that. The, the team succeeds and everything just gets better. So I, I hey man, if, if he says we need to turn it up and you agree with that, Ian, then brother, that's on you. Dad. Turn that sucker up. Let's, <laughs> let's let's get it knocked out. Yeah, I well, I like I said, what I think I would have to do is have her re-record it because it's just I had to play around with the levels as it was. So at some point, if we get her back and I could do it in a real studio, I could make it sound better for sure. But um, awesome. You know, we're, we're doing what we can, and I agree, man. You just got to put your ego aside, and, and I have no problem with that type of criticism because overall it sounds like he likes it, um, you know, but maybe we'll get something done either by her or, like, my friend Brittany Forgione has a great voice. We get to have her pro possibly come in studio and do something. But until then, uh, I'm keeping it for now, and maybe in the coming weeks sure. we'll update that. Uh, so next question here is from someone we all know and love who runs the Instagram tontos.tontoisms. <laughs> audacious andy oh no oh, oh, what what i do now <laughs> no it's a good question <laughs> uh so her question sent once again to battleline podcast at gmail.com 
growing growing up as a kid, aside from your dad being your hero for Utanto, uh, yeah. who else has inspired you, and what is your fondest memory as a child and your scariest? Good question. Oh, what is my fondest memory as a child? What is my fond? Honestly, playing just growing up. I, I grew growing up in Alamosa, Colorado, from when I was one till ten years old. I, you know, I, I was I was just redneck kid that was just my parents let run wild. I, you know, BB gun fights, rock fights, uh, catching horn horn frogs or come horny toads, and you know it was that type of type of. Uh, uh, a, a time where, yeah, I could, my parents would say, yeah, go, just get out of here, go. And I'd yeah. leave and I'd, I'd walk a mile to the, to the Rio Grande river and, and, you know, th- and shoot my BB gun. Cause the, 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 per- the, um, carp would come up on the river. They come to the tops and you could see them skimming the tops and I would just shoot them with the BB gun and, and I'd be gone all day and then walk back, you know? And, uh, so I think just, just having that freedom to grow up, but also to grow up early where, um, I was, I didn't, I mean, I, 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 I had discipline, believe me, but yeah, you know, just, I, I wouldn't let my kids say, oh yeah, go get out of here, go, go walk a mile of the river now and, and I'll see you at the end of the night. It's a different um, world though. It really yeah, is. It, it, Even it, it from is. when I was a kid and I'm <clears throat> considerably younger than you. <laughs> yes, you are. No, but it's true. I didn't, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't, you know, it was still come home when, when it gets dark out. But, it was still like that. Yeah, well, and and really, yeah, it is people. People in there, and they, they don't have the the um, the 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 values that, that it's not there. You, you, I I wouldn't let my kids go out there. Not there's the cell phones or anything. It's just because I I do think the world is a little bit more dangerous as far as just just people not having and not integrity is not the word. Just not having virtue, not being able to. I mean, you, you watch even in, in politics now. We have pedophile ranks. I mean, what the hell is yeah. going on? Not that maybe we had back in the day too. I, I mean, we just didn't know about it. Yeah, we're more aware. Media. Yeah, but but again, I, I, that's what I'm talking about. I think my parents were worried that I was ever going to get kidnapped or snatched or anything like that because that was the world we lived in. And people, I do believe there was more virtue back then. But um, but getting into the next question, what was my scariest? Because of that lack of, of oversight and me being able to run around, basically, we call the Chico Bushes, Alamosa, Colorado. It's very arid, very deserty. Um, there's mountains around it. Mount Blanca's next to it, the Great Sand Dunes. Beautiful place to grow up and, and play. But if you get down the lower valleys, it's very arid, very dry. And um, I, me and my buddy, when we were, I think we were both six, and we used to go play. We had this great idea for Halloween that we we're going to walk around with torches, and they had cattails. They, I don't know if you know what a cattail is. It looks like a cattail, big bush. It looks like a cattail. It has a okay. long end, little that, that these little seeds come out of it. Um, it looks like a big hot dog on a stick is really what it looks like. Well, we thought we could light them up, so we went out there to try to light them and try them on fire, and I turned my back for a second. All of a sudden, I turned around, and my friends lit basically all the Chico bushes on fire. Oh, wow. And I <laughs> That was, and not that we were scared we were going to burn to death. I was so scared of the ass whooping I was going to get for my dad because we, we were trying to put it out. We were shoveling dirt on it, trying to put it. There was just no way. Two six year olds. And I remember I looked at him, he looked at me, and I said, You run to your dad, I'm going to run to my tail. We got to catch the fire department because it was just spreading like crazy. You know, just dry Chico bushes, dry weeds just lighting up. And, and now that was scary. That was, but again, it wasn't scary because of the fire. It was scary. Like, Oh crap. I knew I did something wrong. Uh, but, and I had to go tell my dad and I knew I was going to get an ass whooping. And I, I, have, I have the I visual of a young Tonto in my head. <laughs> <laughs> scrambling. Was, 
<laughs> it was. We were scrambling. And we ended up burning. Luckily, you know, we're out in the, we live out in the country at that time. So I think we ended up burning five or six acres before they got it contained. But oh, no man. houses, no life. You were a bad kid, man. I was just, just a little hellion. <laughs> I just, we, we were just a little, you know, and there, uh, there's a, the other other scary thing. No, that was the scariest thing as a kid. I think for me, I mean, there's I had scary moments, uh, um, but that was the one that sticks out to me most. And I still remember the, the just the fire taking off. How quick it burnt, how quick it lit within bushes. How just whoo, and it's oh my gosh, and and us just not knowing what to do and just oh my God, do I? I don't want to tell my dad, but I don't have a choice here. And uh, yeah, got some got some pretty bad trouble and uh, had to talk to the fire department and apologize for being an arsonist as a six year old. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't fun either. All right. Then, <laughs> and then other part of the question, aside from your dad, your hero growing up, um, you know, I, I, I just I've grown up uh, and I've just met a lot of men and women. My mom and my mom's a huge hero. My mom has has had a breast cancer. Um, she survived it. She's tougher than nails. She's, she's put up with my, oh my gosh, I, I, the things I put her through and she didn't deserve any of it <laughs> uh, growing up the hell I put her through, um, being that me, being that son that was a sweet one day. And then just, just the devil the next day, putting her through the stuff I did. I, I, I can understand now what she felt like when I joined the military. And then when I started deploying, because my son's getting at that age where he's thinking about being a ranger and I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, now I know payback's a payback's <laughs> a bitch, isn't it? And um, but um, I, my my mom, I, my parents are outside. You know, there's people that I've I've watched and I I liked how they do. Like I I loved how General or he was at the time Lieutenant Colonel McChrystal, who was my first battalion commander, wow. General McChrystal. I, I I admired how he could always joke, and I was a private, so I didn't see it a ton. But when I ever did, he could always make fun of himself and it never made him look it never was like derogatory it never made him look look in fear in fact i, I respected him more and this was a new private coming up and i always admired that with guys guys that could have enough confidence that they could joke about themselves or joke and even make fun of themselves and still come off as being to me they were tough as nails that's actually i think where i get some of my sense of humor where i make fun of myself a lot and, and it's because you know, I, I can, I don't care what, who cares what you think. I, I'm, I, I know I'm good at what I do. I know I need to learn other things, but having that sense of humor that, that, that always, I always admired. Um, but just, yeah, you know, I would just think still it stays within the household family. My mom is my mom. I, I mean, my dad's, my dad's my hero because he's my dad. And, and I've seen my dad go through hell too. And he grew up with his mom died when he was one, his dad died. Those were my grandparents that I never knew died when he was one. So my dad grew up without a, without, you know, without really out parents. And, uh, until he married my mom, then my grandpa Joaquin and grandma Rose, but, you know, it became a surrogate parents or his mother and father-in-law, but really his parents, his, his, it could have just been blood parents, but, um, they, uh, you know, just, just, uh, seeing him come over, but come on and just, just succeeding and then raising a family of, of a good, a good family with me and my brother and my sister. But then my mom, I said, the, the cancer is really what I admire that she, she beat it. And she, she's still out there 80 years old, still walking around, still volunteers wow. at the hospital. She's still out there trying to make a difference every day and working. She can't sit still. And I admire that. So I would say, yeah, my parents, my mom, my dad, but an outside outsider. No, nah, I just things I admire from people. I admired you. I like I admire Ian. I admire his his attention to detail with this show and how much he, effort you put into it. That's something that's admirable. Um, but as far as heroes, no heroes stay close to home with me. That's, yeah, that's family. I, you know, that's why I I feel the same way, and and I really appreciate you saying that, man. I I, I 
admire certain facets of different people because I think when you put someone in that hero category, they're almost like that Jesus Christ thing, and then they yeah. do something wrong, and you're like, oh, this guy's not what I made him out to be. And, you know, we're all fallible human beings. But yeah. the, the stuff, you know, I mentioned on the last episode when you talked about that woman coming up to you in an airport and yeah. Help, yeah. helping you carry on, that was something I, I always keep with me, man. So there's a ton of things I admire about you, and that's why this works. So Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, and man. Andy's always good. A- Andy, I admire Andy and her tenacity. I love Andy's tenacity to handle every troll on social media. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I literally have the best person with Andy out there to handle all the, I don't have to worry. I do, I do nothing with trolls anymore. Nothing at all. I mean, she, she has a gift. That's a gift, Andy. If you're listening out there, that is a gift. And, and, but she does it also where she, she's not just a total, just, just mean. She just does it. She does it well. And I, it's hard to do. Cause brother, you've seen it. It's people, people can just be, and I was too. I, I was a mean troll when I was a troll too. <laughs> People can be. Just you go down after like liberal mean. celebrities and stuff. <laughs> I, I whenever they said something stupid, yeah, they I they I call them out. But then I was like, why am I doing that? I'm just it's not helping. And and I believe I've seen some conservative celebrities and conservative politicians say some stupid stuff too. So I was like, you know what? This is I'm no I'm I'm not I am not cre- helping the problem. Um, I am making it worse. I'm basically throwing gasoline on the fire. And we need this fire to end. That's why I pull myself away from it. And I, I stay away from it now. So, uh, but Andy, Andy, I said, admirable, admirable that she's, and I just, I, I with fans like that, like Andy, and we have other fans, Don Marie's another one. There's, uh, you know, we have, a, um, a gosh, I, I, she, she, she's always on, she's always commenting and I know her name too. And she's going to get mad at me too. There's a lot. We, yeah. There's a, but, um, we have, we have such great, great, supporters that that that's admirable in itself especially that that you have the people that want to listen to hear us run our sucks as much as we do (laughs) all right but that that's it andy that's all i got for you i'll get to uh one last question once again sent to battle podcast at gmail.com we'll try to do these more often uh this will be the last one and there's several parts to this question anyway uh hey guys loving the new show longtime fan of ian's podcasting work and have nothing but mad respect for chris I actually plowed through the 13 hours book on my first deployment. My question is for uh, my question for Ian is, can you talk about who or what really inspired you to become a personal trainer? What are your favorite exercises that you think are the most underrated? Chris, who do you look to for workout information or inspiration when you're in a slump or feeling like your workouts just aren't doing it? Top five gym playlist songs, both of you. Thanks, nice. guys. Uh, please keep the great shows coming. I'd love to hear Kristen Beck on an interview. She yeah. has a very unique perspective, and I'm not talking about the transgender one. Also, love to see if Chris can pull the big guns and get Michael Bay on. That's from Adam <laughs> K. I try, I've tried Michael Bay. Maybe we'll, we'll check again. And Kristen Beck, by the way, um, who I consider a friend, I texted Kristen when we started this podcast, and Kristen said, sounds awesome. You and Chris are great. So, yeah, we'd, we'd have Kristen back on. And I think Christian's background and dev grew and all that, all that stuff to me is more interesting than the transgender stuff. I, I like talking about all of that, regardless of, um, you know, the transition. <clears throat> yeah. I, bro, and that's with the guests. That's is an Ian question. Cause uh, Ian's a, I, I'll give him a list of people. and say, just tell me who's on next. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're working on a lot of people. It's tough until we get to do this twice a week, which I think will happen. It's just tough to get anybody, but everybody, but, um, Kristen Beck is a really unique individual and, uh, you know, I got to meet Kristen and, and interview, uh, Kristen in studio. 
So yeah, I think that would that would definitely be uh, a no, good guest to yeah. get on for the well, future. Well, yeah, you were. I said you're already working on it, so and, it, it it'll happen. Yeah, and yeah. and I, I'll throw this out there too. You know, it was it's people have kind of come around in that when we first had Kristen back on. Um, when I was with Jack, people were like, "Why are you having this transgender person on? Why are you pull it pushing this narrative?" And I was like, well, "We're not here to push any narrative." <clears throat> you know, Kristen's yeah. a Navy SEAL. And regardless of my feelings on that issue, which I never really got into, I'll tell you this. I completely side with Kristen in that um, she's talked about. And I say she because she wants to be addressed as she, just out of respect, um, you know, has talked about going to events for retired Navy SEALs and someone at the door being like, no, we don't want you here. And she's like, you know, I'm a Purple Heart recipient. I'm a Navy SEAL. And they're like, oh, we don't care. That type of shit I'm I'm not cool with. So I, you know, completely get Kristen's perspective on that. You could put your views on the transgender issue aside. It's a human being. And it's someone who has sacrificed more than just about any of us. I mean, truly decorated war veteran. So, yeah, with with, with that, I, I always look at the whenever, you know, I, I'm not looked at. I, I would be accepted with open arms at a CIA staffer function. <laughs> and I. I so, you know, Kristen can do what she wants to do as far as I, I don't care. I could care less. I, but if you're going these functions, it, it, it sucks. But that's just that's the nature of the beast. And, and you know, is it bad or is it good? I, that's just, let seals, whatever. You don't want to let her in. But with me, I when I look at it that way, brother. It's just, well, you know what? That's the decision that is made. And that's the decision that I made by speaking out against the agency. Uh, do I have friends that I used to have friends that aren't my friends anymore? Yeah, I do. But that's just part of you. Know, you make a life choice. You you, you kind of have to accept it. And people are going to hate me for that. And maybe the transgender people, ah, that's no. You're talking. No, I'm not. I I, I fought like I'd fight alongside Kristen. I got no problem with yep. that. But if you're going to a function, they, well, no, we don't want you. Okay, if that's is that bigotry? Sure. Is that their choice? Yeah. The CA, they won't let me in. Well, yeah, they're not going to let me. They're not going to say, hey, thanks for coming back and, and telling what happened there and making us look bad. Well, yeah, that's what I did. And, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go to your party. It's just I'm not. That's not where I want to be at. So I I I. I agree with you on that, Ian. And I guess we weren't talking about that. We're, there's more questions. Yeah. There, there's, but, no, but, but I just figured I'd throw it out there. Um you know, I because I, I I think Kristen would make a great guest and, and was also no, yeah, instrumental definitely. in some of the stuff that happened with capturing bin Laden, which she's talked about because she was very big on the coding stuff and um, really has has a pretty uh, extraordinary career. But anyway, getting into other stuff here, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. as for what inspired me to be a personal trainer, I think uh, it actually goes back to the fact that I, <laughs> unlike Chris, I was not someone who was athletic or um, excelled in any of that stuff. I, I was someone who went to the gym probably late high school, early college, and was one of those guys who had no idea what the hell I was doing. Probably could have used a personal trainer of myself to have made strides earlier on. And uh, I think once it kind of – once I really got it, it appealed to me how it's just you against you. You don't have to be better than anybody. It's not about that you're out benching this guy or out squatting this person. <laughs> it's, it's being the best version of yourself. Yeah. You know, and and being able to transform your body. I was someone who got picked on a lot as a kid and sometimes even beat up for being, you know, the skinny, scrawny kid. And it's like a powerful thing when even all these years later, you could say like, oh, through diet and exercise, I could completely transform the way I look. Um, It's something that is we've talked about builds confidence. And uh, yeah, I, I just I, I think that that's what appealed to me. And that's what made me want to do it professionally. And, and also, I'm just someone who always wants to take on new challenges. I've been doing radio for so long that I wanted to 
almost proved to myself that I could do something else. Um, I, I think I mentioned this on an old show prior to this one, but like Cannabis, the rapper who I'm a huge fan of, uh, he joined the military at like the height of his rap career. And people were like, why are you doing this? Why are you joining the military? And he's like, rapping and music has defined my life for, he said at the time, like something like 15 years. I wanted to prove to myself that I could do something more than that. It was about like a challenge to me. And I think and, that's part uh, of it for me. You're, and you're doing awesome. You, you did, and that's fantastic. That's for those of y'all that are thinking about working out or adding fitness Man, talk to Ian. I couldn't say it that's better right. myself with fitness, dude. I mean, that's that's all. You have, you have a better. I I was born into fitness, literally, with my dad and that's with me cool. running around and being on the football field, running around catching yeah. passes when I was growing up. Your your story, man, should resonate with tons of people out there. It's just I just wanted to be better. I just wanted to get. Better. I just wanted to feel better, and not out you know outwardly the, the 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 physical aspect of it, the superficial aspect of it. People, yeah, of course, you 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 look better on the and that, but that also that relates on the inside. It makes you feel better, and you have more confidence. I can even tell, brother. Thanks, I'll be man. honest. From when I first met you, I can tell you have more confidence <laughs> Thanks, just by dude. the way you t- talk and hold yourself. No, I, I appreciate it. Now, oh, and then what are your favorite exercises uh, that you think are the most uh, underrated? I think the compound movements uh, in general are the most important. If you, no matter what your body type is, if you could really master a good squat, bench press. Yeah. Uh, pull-ups, uh, uh, push-ups, uh, a lat pull-down, all that stuff. If you could do all that stuff, you don't have to go on all these fancy machines. If you could do that stuff, you're going to be in great shape, no matter what your body type is. And I actually said last night that the the uh, hip thrust or the glute thrust um, or the glute drive, whatever you want to call it, I, that's one of those exercises you see mainly girls doing at the gym. And I've started incorporating into my exercises and I, I wrote that on Twitter last night. That is super underrated. That thing will kick your ass. So, <laughs> but I, I, at Ranger School, we had an RI whose wife, a Ranger instructor, who was a was a uh, aerobics and yoga instructor. But she did she did a lot of the aerobic stuff, and he would just destroy us with isometric exercises like that. I yeah. mean, we would be doing. But clinches, we'd be doing. He called, you know, what was one where you piss on the fire hydrant? You're like that dog, and you do that leg lift. So, okay, yeah. Oh my, yeah. those things, I never cried. <laughs> they are that people. They aren't. They're not just for. They are, and they, dude, your abs, your your hip flexors, they, and I, I still do them. I still do. And my wife, you know, she's a, she's huge into fitness. Was a personal trainer. I do a lot of the exercises that she does, and those comp. You're, you're spot on, brother. Those compound movements. Just stick to those, and you can do isometric compound movements yeah. as well, or just push-ups and push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups. I the PT test the army; they don't need to change anything. It could keep it the same thing, and they keep changing it because I think they keep changing it not because of combat, not because of anything else. It's because people can't do push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups, or they don't want to because yeah. it's too tough, it's too hard. I, and so I agree with you, man. Totally, totally agree with you. Right on, man. And then before we answer top five gym playlist songs, uh, there was a there's a few questions in here. So it was Chris, who do you look for for workout information or inspiration when you're in a slump or feeling like your workouts just aren't doing? Yeah, it? I, I just changed it up. My body, I've been doing it for for so long, and running to me is spiritual. Uh, out in Palm Palm Springs, they have this uh, thing called the Bump and Grind Trail, and it's it's a huge run, uh, about four and a half miles. I ran at this trail, so I'll, I'll go out and do something like that where I'll just need to get out. Side. It's hard because you get claustrophobic when you're in when you're in Omaha and it's cold out. Uh, if you're in the city, though, it's tough. But 
whenever I'm feeling like I need to change things up, I'll, I'll get outside and go do something different. I'll find a trail. Trail running really sets changes things up, and it's like cleaning the palate. And it's tough. Trail running, especially if you find, have good trails in your area, it's, it's, it's hard when you first start doing it. But then it's, it's, it is. It's spiritual out there. It really is. So that's what I would recommend to do. And as and far as working out, I started learning from the Joe Weider little handout magazine when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> and I've just yep. learned over the years of just different exercises from my wife and then just uh, playing football. Plyometrics are outstanding. If you're still a youngster, you're playing sports get learn plyometrics uh and then also just isometric workouts when i was when i was in the army because that's a lot of the stuff that we did uh, until i got to range battalion and we actually had our own bit we have nice gyms there i mean but uh but it, the heavy weights and stuff even when i was lifting and playing college football it was just like what ian said i did bench i did i did do uh, i did do squat we did and we did input either power clean or hand cleans. If you're playing sports, those are essential because it develops extremely develops power. But then I also did some form of martial arts, whether it was Gracie Jiu Jitsu or or just do even combatives, even get into boxing, something like that. You just got to change it up from just going to the gym every day. That's it. All right. And then top five gym playlist songs. This is a tough one and I didn't make a list prior. So I'm just going <laughs> off the top of the dome here, as they say, um, you know what? Not just because we had Frankie Palmieri on the show, show but Amir's stuff I love is like as aggressive as it gets. If I had to pick an Amir song, I'm going to say maybe children of Cybertron. That song's great. Uh, so Amir, children of Cybertron. What else am I put here? Pantera floods. I love, even though that's more of like a ballad type song, it's still heavy um and still aggressive so i'll say pantera floods last night i was saying i was listening to dead to uh, dead star assembly i love that group um so something from dead star assembly maybe like blame it on the devil by them they're super heavy van halen right now that's such an inspirational song that's a good yeah that's a good one man and what am i gonna go for for fifth <clears throat> you know i love like my 80s hair metal so i'll go with um vinnie vincent invasion which mark slaughter was the singer for uh, that time of year. Once again, a ballad type song, but I like some of those songs sometimes. So, uh, off the top of my head, that would be my top five. Man, I, I have I have my workout list because I'm on my phone here. That's what I do recording at best. And I, I, I am all over the spectrum of workouts. People think I listen to one genre. I don't. Me so neither. I'll, I'll me neither. There's hip hop in there for me too. I, oh yeah, I get hip. I, I do. I like. You know what? I I like George. Fast Love, George Michael. I listen to that's on my workout playlist, and honestly, that's what gets me moving. I love that one. But then I, you know, I also have a, I have Ice Cube in here. No Vaseline. Oh, that, that, yeah, that, and that's, that's for, a, for that's rap. A good you one. Could, I know people oh. don't think of heavy with rap. That's heavy. That is it. That's back in back when it had gangster rap. But, you know, then I have I, I loved I love Kid Rock, American Badass. So I got that in That's there. Always one. love it. And then I got if you if you know if you followed Hush. Hush, uh, I mean, hell yeah. Anybody know who's hell, of yeah, course. hell yeah, yeah? We we didn't talk, you know, we didn't talk about them with Pat Mack. And well, he, well like here's the thing. The reason right hell yeah started was because, you know, Dimebag Daryl and <laughs> yeah. Billy Paul left Pantera to start Damage Plan. Uh, yep. uh, Dimebag Daryl then died and then they, hell yeah was started. And unfortunately now there's no more Vinnie Paul, but yeah, hell yeah has got... Some great songs. And that's from the guys from Mudvayne, the lead singer yep. from, I mean, yes. that's, that's a super band right there, but Hush is a great one. I have that one. And then, and, and know, by I, the way, I'm going to interrupt you just before I forget, go um, go, go, go. with hell. Yeah. There's certain songs that will make me cry when I hear them. And that song, thank you. That reminds yeah. me of my grandpa. 
they, they, and they, they're tremendous. But they're people. I don't think they don't get put in that super band category, but they should because they have all. They have. It's like an all star group, especially yeah. with the Mudvayne and Mudvayne guys. Um, and then you know, I also have I. For those that don't know, old R. I listen to a lot of old R and B. My last two that I would put on there that I always want on there because they get me moving. If you ever listen to Alexander O'Neill, Fake, I used to listen to him when I was playing ball all the time, playing football. That's old R and B. Listen to Alexander O'Neill. That was back in the day, like with uh, Luther Vandross, back with Keith Washington, back in the day with the, when it was Bel Biv DeVoe. That I mean Johnny Gill. <laughs> that's that's kind of and then um. And then also, I listen. I listen to Shalimar. I love the second time. The second it's called the second time around from Shalimar. But honestly, now it kind of fits into my life with Tanya, with my wife. So I listen to it now, like, ah, yeah, it sounds good. But stuff that gets me moving. But then I got to have my hard stuff in there too. And then I got to have my gangster rap in there too. So I, I'm all over the place. So. I'm with it, man. And you know, it's appropriate since uh, this question was asked. I, I was printing out some of the stats off uh, Spotify of what our audience listens to. And so I get the top five artists that our audience is listening to. Whoa, weird. Yeah, wow, which is pretty cool. cool. And and it's yeah. versatile, as you would think. Here here they are. <clears throat> Luke Combs. Yeah. Amur, which it makes sense Amur is in there since we had Frankie on the show. I think there are probably people looking up Amur and then discovering the podcast. Um, five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're on my list. I got a bunch of Five Finger Death Punch and, and, and Slipknot, of course. Neurofort is up on the top of that list, too. Yep. Post Malone. Yeah, yeah, I got Post Malone on there too. And yep. then the last uh, that our audience is listening to is the mighty and you know the greatest Metallica. Metallica got it, got to dude. You know Metallica's just they're they're, they're always going to be in the top of anybody. I think anybody's workout list. Them and ACDC, of course. I got ACDC on here too. Um, Post Malone though. I have to admit, Post Malone is probably my favorite singer out there right now. He, nice. He's and he, he makes good songs. I don't care what people say. And I think honestly, I, I don't care about the two A community. I know he shoots guns, and I could care less about any of that. Whether what side of the two A he's on, he just makes damn good music, dude. And the circles, that song circles, he just came out with that is, or it's, it's been out for a few months. That's a tremendous song. It's just catchy. You, you can turn it on, and you're going to start bobbing your head. Yeah. <laughs> so uh no I, I love it dude ice cube i got van i got right i'm looking at look at me and you right now van halen's on my workout list van halen is great yeah. man i mean I, I could tell you when i saw van halen on their last tour i was just in awe watching eddie van halen like you were watching greatness up there it's like watching yeah. michael jordan play basketball or something well, it is, man. He's one of the best, if not the best guitar. So, you know, that's up for I, up I think for he is the best. And you know, it's funny. He's very, he's kind of cocky about it too. Because he, <laughs> well, there's an interview he did on Howard Stern where Howard uh, was playing <clears throat> his, uh, he was playing a solo. I think he was playing Eruption before he came on. And he says to Eddie, he's like, you're the all time greatest man, right? I mean, this, this is amazing. And Eddie Van Halen's just like, oh yeah. And and he goes, who's really? Uh, he's like, who's really on your level, Jimi Hendrix and and uh, Eddie Van Halen? He's being serious. He's like, nah, Jimi Hendrix. He just played with a bunch of like pedals and stuff. I wasn't rich enough to afford any of that. I, I learned without any of that. Like he's pretty. And and then he's like, well, who else is there? Eric Clapton. He's like, ah, Eric Clapton just copies what you know other black musicians were doing. Like he has no problem saying I'm the greatest, and I think he yeah. is the greatest. I, I I have to agree with that. I but you know what? That's that's that. That sort of mindset. That's their <laughs> there's their realm. I'm not going to get in the rock star realm. Let the, whatever. Uh, listen, I, I think you probably probably find that quite a bit in in the rock star world. But from him, he's he he's 
proved it. It's not yeah. like he's he's talking he's talking a bunch of crap and hasn't proved it. He's proved it and has done it for many many years. So, I, and I can't play a guitar, so I sure so I'm not going to say anything. And you know, <laughs> he's he not. created a whole new style, is what it is. Yeah. And you watch Eddie Van Halen play guitar; he's not strumming the guitar; he's tapping. He's tapping that fretboard, and it's almost like a piano the way he plays it. So it's and and you hear it imitated all the time. And you know what? I'll tell you, I think he's the greatest because if you listen to some of the bands we're talking about, like Slipknot and Pantera, Dimebag Daryl, especially, honestly, they're not. And I love Jimi Hendrix, but they're not trying to replicate Jimi Hendrix. They're trying to sound like Eddie Van Halen. And brother, that's that's just saying that you're the best and doing things that started a whole new way of playing guitar. And now you can say, yeah, I'm the best. And there's <laughs> one that you go when you get that good, you, you do. I think you go one of two ways. You either become very, 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 very humble or you become very, 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 very arrogant. There's no middle road. <laughs> he just went that he went the, he went to the left instead of the right. But, you know, what like I said he he's he's done it, been there, done that. So. He can say it and, and, uh, uh, you know, but whenever somebody's that arrogant, karma always catches him eventually. So just be careful, Eddie. Just be careful out there because karma will get you. Are you, it, it are you, you a, uh, as they say, Van Hagar or Van Halen guy? Are you a David Lee Roth or a Sammy Hagar I, I, guy? I, I'm more, I am more David Lee Roth. Sammy I'm a Van Hagar, Halen, Sammy. but I did love 5150. Yes. I did love that album. And I love the song yeah, Right was, Now. Right Now is a great song. Yep, that actually that whole album was pretty pretty good. So people can hate Van Hagar, but I, that album was had had some really good songs. Right now is one of them. No, right so, now is yeah. actually on a, a later album. But um, oh my god! See, there I go again with the Pantera. I got to get my music. No, right. you know what it is, Where dude. Is I'm I'm a total nerd for music. I really am. So I you know I don't know shit about movies or any of that. But music, I'm I'm an encyclopedia with that. I'm just a nerd. What? What what was right in it? Do you remember what album? Yeah, it was, it was on an right. album called Four Unlaw Off Un Four, Four Unlawful, Unlawful Carnal, Carnal Knowledge, Knowledge which spelled right. out fuck, of course. That's right. That was then. That was actually a pretty decent album too. But I I I do say I like Van Halen. And it was Slippery When Wet. Was that the the one of the? No, of the I'm going to correct you again. That's Bon Jovi, bro. Oh my gosh! Yeah, everybody hate everybody. Ask questions about rock and let Ian answer all. I, I love Bon Jovi too, though. I like early Bon Jovi. Well, I I have to admit, I'm going to do push-ups later because I am not going <laughs> to confuse Bon Jovi with Van Halen. That what, is what are you thinking of? Because there's, there's Van Halen one, there's Van Halen two, there's um, it was high, di- high diver, diver high down, was, diver down, diver yeah. down. That's what I'm thinking. That was and that was when I was a youngster. That was the first Van Halen album I heard. That was like was I ten? One of my friends had it at a football camp, and he was listening to it. I never heard Van Halen before, and that was the album he showed me. It was on a cassette tape. That I remember. I remember the album. Yeah, I remember the songs. Songs from it. That's when I started to listen to Van Halen, and uh, and Hot for Teacher was awesome. Oh, that was like drumming by Alex. <laughs> yeah, that was. I loved, it. and that was MTV. Was MTV. So yeah. that video when it came on, and I heard it come on, I would run in the front room and watch it to get my little my little my little chub. <laughs> so um my little, my little tingle going <laughs> so uh yeah. we'll do more of these in the future i like answering these questions it's uh battle podcast at gmail.com we're getting some other stuff but first i want to of course let you guys know 
Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring they receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. That's F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. All you hunters out there, all you guys who like going to the range, go there, use exclusive use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and they're with us for every single episode. We can't thank them enough. Uh, with that, I wanted to get into the fact that you just celebrated your birthday. Um, I know it wasn't from this birthday, but I saw that clip going around of you on stage dancing oh, with yeah. the um, flashlights. And I have to say, man, you have more balls than I do because uh, <laughs> Brother, some I funny shit. I, and I wasn't even feeling it. You really got to feel You weren't feeling it. You look like you're having, having a ball up there. Really? I, I wasn't. They, it was with the the uh, the um, Shadow Warrior Riders Motorcycle Club, and they were doing a fundraiser for 14th Hour, Chance Sell over there. They do great. They, they really help 14th Hour a bunch. Um, but, yeah, he's like, you do the flashlight dance? And I'm like, oh, dude, no, come on. Eh? You do, you, you, you're you like, man, I, do I have to be that monkey on the stage right now? And he's like, no, come on, we'll do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll go do it. And I, I really had to force myself to get up there. And and I, I don't care how I look. I, I just like – when you dance, you want dancing to come from the soul, yeah, man. Yeah. It's got to come up. And like, ah. So wait, did, the, right. did that scene in 13 hours, was that something that they were just like, yeah. this is something Tonto would do? Or is it something you no, actually no, did? No, it's, no. It's actually, no, I actually did it. And I would actually go around the base. And uh, I, I would just start dancing in front of the security cameras. Um, the reason being is, is it's just, it, you know, it was fun. It was funny. It was something that was different. And it was... Uh, yeah, it just it it it, it again it, it parodied what the tough guys were doing. So yeah, exactly. people think that I act like this when all this happened with the movie. No, actually, I made fun of all the tough guys coming over when I was actually working too, and that was one of the things I did. And where I got it from, I got it from the movie Hot Rod. You ever seen Hot Rod? And and you have everybody seen? I know of it. It's Andy, Andy Sandberg. Andy right? Sandberg. Well, the the, uh, the the guy that wants to join his crew that sits there and dances and they do a filming of him dancing around. He sits sick. He just like shakes his hips right in the middle. I forget it. But if you watch hot rod again, I pulled that. I was like, well, I'm going to do that. So I'm going to walk in front of every camera on the base, every security camera, because they're always recording and I'm just going to walk and be walking normally. And then I'm going to turn and face it and just bust out doing this little dance. And then I'm going to walk off like nothing happened. So it's like just a split second. So it's like, did he really do that? I thought it was funny. <laughs> but that's where the dancing just started even to get more so. And then I just did it just to irritate the hell out of people like Boone or whoever else <laughs> was in there. And LAMFO, that is actually accurate. Tig and I used to ride around and listen to LAMFO. And even when we were out of our little outside gym, 
just because it was again we were making fun of all the tough guys listening to Slipknot and Five Finger Death Punch and all that so we turn on LAMFO and that's why LAMFO was in the movie as well because yeah we listened to that as a again it was just it was just fun it was just to make fun and have fun and and make fun of everybody that you know just just to make fun of of, of us really we're, we're making fun of ourselves I'm sexy and I know it. You know what's so, funny yeah, with yeah. that group was like they were on top of the world. They had all these like fun hits, and then they just went away. I think, I think I, I get that. I think a lot of people, just like myself, and I'm not even at that level, but I think you get overwhelmed and you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And if you make enough money, where I, I'm not, I'm not LAMFO or whoever made all their money because I know they made somebody made tons of money off their songs. Yeah, but. I think you, you do. You, you really you really have to have have a bit of an ego. You do to want to stay in the spotlight all the time. Yeah. You, I, I, you know what? I was listening to um, Rick Rubin, the legendary producer, actually, yeah, is yeah. a podcast. And he had Andre 3000 on from Outcast and like Outcast for I remember it was like probably 2005 ish. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing Rosa Parks, Bombs Over Baghdad, Sorry Miss Jackson. Like those songs were huge. And Andre 3000 doesn't really make music anymore. And he talked about it. He was like, I just feel like anything I do is going to be compared to what I was doing then. It's going to get criticized. And he's like, I just have trouble uh, just writing something and feeling confident with it being released. And he was very, uh, very genuine about it. And, and it was interesting to hear because it's like he's he had so many hits and then they just kind of fell off. They went away. They separated ways. It just I I, 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 I remember that, too. I listened to uh, uh, what were they when they were outcast. And they had that first album out. Oh, my gosh. But uh, yeah, Southern, it was called, it was Southern called Ballistic like, Southern. Phil- I haven't had that. AC. Oh, that Southern might have even play. been before. I'm thinking of the AT aliens or however it was, you know, aliens with ATL. Well, they they were talented. Like the album before, that actually, got it. I have uh, actually, it's on my workout playlist too, and I can't remember the name. It was the yeah, the album before Atlanteans, before that one. Okay, and um, but see, you knew yeah, something you, I don't. I thought that was the first. Okay, no, no, go go to. There's one more before it, and actually, Outcast was just more than them too. There was actually five of them. And I didn't a, know that. Wow, you're oh, dropping yeah. knowledge yeah, on good. me, bro. It, yes, it's tremendous. It was a it was a great album, and I was good. One of the best rap songs still to this day. I wish I remember the name. I'll have to look it up, but um. But you're right. He, I, I really do think, and on that level, on that level, and that's that's level hundred times higher as far as public figure level than I'll ever be at, and I'll ever care to be at. You do. I, I really do think it just wears wears you out. And if you want to have a personal life, you you, you can't have it. There's there's yeah. just no way. And if you, you you can't, and just there's bad people that gravitate towards you that always want something from you, whether it's women, if you're on the woman's side, whether it's a man. Whether it's publicist, whether it's an agent, whether it's somebody, oh look, oh come, can you, I, I can help you out here. Whether it's somebody that's wants to pitch something to you, and, and a lot of it's good, but that's that's not, you know, you don't want to be that every day. There's wants to be a day, just like today. Remember, I told you, and I came on, dude. I've been on the whole week. Yeah, man, I, I'm just tired. I, I don't want to talk today, but now I'm doing fine. Like you always, <laughs> yeah, say, well, I'm going this to. always happens. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but but it's the same thing. You I, know what? I just, I just want a day. I yeah, just want to be left alone. He said on the podcast that he was, um, there were moments where he's like I was playing shows in front of hundreds of thousands of fans and the only thing I could think about was like what do I want to eat for dinner tonight yeah and he was like this is really weird like he's living out his dream everything that he wanted to accomplish and he's like if he felt completely numb to it 
and your well, your dreams change. Your dreams come back to really what the dream should be, and that's just this should be family. That should be or just just normalcy. That and that's a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's where guys, men and women that that go down that dark path that do bad things themselves, where they fight and like, what? Well, yeah, look, oh my gosh, I'm living my dream and I'm not enjoying it. Well, the dream just changed back to normalcy, and and that's not a bad. That 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 should be the dream we should all have. That at the end of our lifespan, at the end of our life, we sit back on that porch and we look and be like, man, I am so bored. <laughs> that's awesome. I am so bored looking out over the trees at that blue sky. Basically, I like to, again, I equated to that cowboy or cowgirl. Now they're in the gender neutral, whatever today. You've got to say both. Cow, cow person. The cow person <laughs> walking off of the sunset. And that's the end. That that's 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 okay and people that are fighting that i i i met a at the speaking event in california i met this first sergeant and nicest guy in the world and, but he's like man I, I i haven't done enough i still want to do more I'm like gosh first i mean and if you're in the military you know if you've been a first sergeant you're an e8 you've been in the military for a while all right you've been in for over 20 some but it, it's just and i see that a lot within the veteran community itself and it's not the public figure life but now it even has become a little bit public figure because of instagram and social media but they they, they still are they still want to do more i i and that's not a bad thing yeah i was gonna say i think but, that's okay man to always want to strive for more i don't i i don't want to be someone who's just sitting around watching tv and you know not accomplishing new goals even if i'm 70 or 80 i mean when i even when i go to the gym and i see these guys who are like 70 and still killing it i, I love that i just I, th- I think the goals need to reset to not to self anymore though they need to reset okay like i and i this is my opinion because sure. this is me now. I've been self with goals, self, 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 self for years. And now it's like, no, my goal now is to to be a better father, is to be actually be home, is to be a great husband, is to to be a to be happy. That is my goal, is just to enjoy life, whatever it brings in for me every day. I don't need to go prove myself anymore to do anything but to be a good father now. And and I that's where I'm at. That's where I Ian, you still got a lot of years ahead of you, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm I, not I, married. I've never even been in a long term relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't have kids, so of course you're. I'm 33. You just turned 49, so it's like a different. I, I get it. I'm I may be I may be you when I'm 49. You know, <laughs> you dude. You're by the time you're. Geez, by the time you're my age, you're gonna be running serious, uh, or you're gonna have your own. It's gonna be the Ian Scotto. Uh, <laughs> The cable network, the who knows, Scott on network, and um, I'll be subscribing to it. So I, uh, I hope, I hope and, we're still doing this. That would be awesome. Oh, dude, I don't know if I'll be that man. I, I won't be able to even <laughs> chew my food. I won't have teeth anymore. I'd be drinking, drinking, <laughs> drinking. I, I bumps, mean, Imus was time. pretty much doing it until the day he died. You know, that, that would be cool. Yeah, I, and that's not that's that's wonderful. As I, I look at goals, and you have goals, but you then know, I just live day by day. That would be a cool goal to have. And we just keep working towards that. But uh, yeah, I, 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 you, you look that far down the road and, and you don't set yourself up for disappointment, but if you don't make it or you don't feel like you're making it every day to that goal, then sometimes you, people shut down. They just won't do it. Cause like, Oh, I'm not going to make it. Well, reach, put that goal out there, but just every day, just try to get to it. Some days you're going to have a setback. Like we've had setbacks, oh, cool, but course. then let's just do, let's just try it again, do better next time. But it, it, we get back to it. The end. Just at the end of the day, man, just, just, just want to, you just want to, just want to be on that porch 
and just say, you know what, I, I, I done a lot. I, I lived a good life and walk off of that sunset. And I'm telling this to a lot of the veterans out there. I say it every time guys, just, especially if you've been going down range a lot, if you've done a lot, if you served 20 some years, uh, or if, even if you served less, but you, you've been there and you've, you've, you've done your deployment, you've done it, you've done it. Turn the, turn the reins over, especially if you're 49, 50 years old, give it to the youngsters and let them take over. And then if somebody asks you, if they need you, okay, head over. I, if somebody came to me, if the government came to me even today and said, you know what, we need you. I say, first of all, I said, okay, first of all, apologize to me for what you've done. Just apologize. Don't need to do it publicly. Okay. Now tell me what you need me to do. All right, I'm going, but I'm not going to go volunteer for it anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's an interesting thing though, because I just, I think everybody is individual, you know, just like how we had Dale Comstock on the show yeah. and he's still yeah. doing it. It works for him. I, I like, I really can't speak to what works for everybody because I've just learned in my life that, uh, that, you know, my values change, my, my life experience changes what I wanted, you know, and, and sometimes it's not up to other people to be like, you're on the right path or the wrong path. I think it's something you kind of feel in your heart. And, you know, if, I don't know if someone like Dale Comstock who's older than you is like, I still want to do this. It's, it's weird. It's like, who am I to say he can't? Right, and that's the you, you're not. You can tell him he wants just just hope he's still happy. As long as he's happy, then do whatever you do. Do whatever you want to do. I, I to be happy, but I, don't confuse that happiness with uh, man. I still got stuff to prove. There's yeah. a difference there. That's not happiness. That's ego, man. And I'm not saying Dale. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how, what's going on in Dale's head. I'm just speaking off the cuff and speaking from sure, my sure. own experience as well. So I, if you want to do it, you also want to go out there and 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 whatever you are and you're 70 years old yeah, knock it out of the park i mean but, l- look at our presidential race right now right which i know we don't usually get into and i'm not even getting into it now all that i'm saying is the three people still in this race right bernie sanders <laughs> trump and joe biden they're, they're in their 70s man oh my lord i know and they still I, I i don't think i'm gonna have the desire in my 70s to go out state to state campaigning vote for me you know, doing all these talks, being interviewed by everybody in the world, shaking hands with voters. I wouldn't want to be doing that at that age. I don't know what appeals to these guys at this age to do that. I don't think no, that to me is ego, dude. That, I, that's ego. That is there's nothing. Oh, I make this country. No, no, no. Bullshit. That's I mean, look ego. at Trump. He really yeah. can sit by, back with his millions. And in the case of Bloomberg, who just, you know, had to drop out, sit back with his billions. He doesn't I, I, need this. I, I that's if you don't need it, what else could it be? Uh, because you want to, it's it's ego, dude. Come on, I I people are going to argue with me that, but I don't care. I, to me, that's my opinion. It's complete ego. Look who I am. I'm the president of the United States. Especially if you didn't have to. If you didn't have to, no. We our country has been through so many different presidents, so many different parties, so many different ideologies. And as everybody, as long as they keep working and keep trying to improve themselves, the economy's crashed and it's come back, it's crashed, it's come back. To the, there's going to be ebb and flows all the time. That's why, I, that's why I think we don't talk about politics. That's why I tell you, and, and when we talk offline, I don't want to talk about it because I'll be honest, I don't care who the president is. As long as you're trying to work hard every day and you're wanting to succeed and, and you're, you're a good family man and you're just doing, living your life and not getting so wrapped up in the politics, we're going to be fine. We always are. And, and that's just that's our country. Uh, we just don't want to go into a dictatorship or I, I do. Want, I do agree on the Bernie side. I, I disagree at the Bernie side. I, I don't think socialism is going to help at all. And that's just of from course. experience in other countries. So that's what they were all say about politics. 
yeah, I don't really want a socialist president because no. socialism doesn't work. I, but other than I, that, dude. I'm with you 100%, that, man. Yeah. And and yeah. also I'm glad Bloomberg dropped that. I don't want a guy who's praising communist China, which, you know, he was. Uh, but uh, that's as far as we'll go, I guess, politically today. But, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 Can I say something about a commercial I did see? I saw it on Crackle when he was still running. Uh, you couldn't escape the Bloomberg I, commercials. I, I he, know, spent, every, he spent nearly half a billion dollars. You know where, he, where I it's just funny where it just became comical again. But politics is always comical and funny. He basically was blaming President Trump. He was blaming Trump for tornadoes, floods. I mean, every natural <laughs> catastrophe known to man, it was Trump's fault. I was like, oh my god, is this what is this what we're getting into? With we are now we are we're blaming an individual on a natural disaster. Is that what it is? Okay. I get it. I, and I think it went into like some global, but it, it was so outlandish. I get you, you, you global warming and you want to use that as your step, but the way the commercial was done, it, it was, it was like, he was Thanos, man. It's like Thanos is their prayer president. And he's just making every terrible thing in the world happen. I was like, okay, politics. Nope. Nope. Ian, we're never talking about, let's just stay out of that. I, I hear you, man. Every now and again, I'm sure we'll get into something, but you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since we're talking about the podcast and where things are going, I actually did want to address this. A, a lot of people are, um, some people are very happy with the sponsors that we have on board. Others are like, why are there all these live reads? And, and, you know, we're keeping things free. That's why we're doing it. And we're trying to keep this thing going and having sponsors that we really enjoy the products of that we want to recommend to you guys. But, um, it's actually overwhelming the amount of people that are on board now. Like I'm seeing that for the Nate Boyer episode coming up, we're going to have like eight different reads, <laughs> which, you know, we'll make it happen. We'll make it work. I'm in a future month. I may like restructure the way that we're doing this. Um, but the goal ultimately is to be able to do this multiple times a week. And the thing is, when we originally set out how we were going to work with sponsors and do live reads on this and the business side of things. It's just me and Chris. We don't have, I've never done ad sales. We don't have anyone else who is. We're coming up with ideas on the fly. And at the very beginning, it was like, all right, we got Fort Scott munitions on board and that's it. And then next thing you know, we got like net on board as a longtime sponsor um, who I reached out to. And then we have a bunch of other people who are sponsoring shows here or there. And it's a good problem to have. So, you know, the yeah. people who are saying like, oh, it's, you know, I don't want the show to be all advertisements. I get it. We're going to try to space things out a little bit better in the future months. But I mean, I really can't complain. I'm really happy the fact that it's catching on. And it's thanks to you guys checking out Ned, checking out Fort Scott Munitions yeah. Yeah. and all the other sponsors. Well, I want people to know, too, we, we don't sponsor anything that we don't use. If yeah. we're not going to use it, it's not coming on. We're not doing ads. And, and you, oh, people are going to roll their eyes. Oh, you're not doing ads to make money. Well, of course, there, there, there's paid advertisements on there. But, again, we have to try it. We have to use it. We have to be able if I'm not going to use this product, I'm sure as hell I'm not going to recommend to you to use it. I mean, that that's just straight douchebaggery. And I know that goes on <laughs> everywhere, but everywhere. No, yes. no, that's, but that's just not how we are. And if, and, and that's why also a lot of these companies were or, in the beginning, especially were very, very small that I started with, uh, Fort Scott munitions is one of them. I started with before the battle line podcast. And if I'm able to help, a company or we are able to help Ian and I in the podcast, which essentially you're able to help a small company come up and be successful. I, I think that's, that's very satisfying I, to me. It is. And I, I, I so no, we'll, we'll have ads on there guys and we'll talk about it. I, but I'm going to yeah, talk about these ads. Just you know like what, it, not, 
I'm, I'm I, sorry. I was just going to say, uh, like, for example, this month, I don't even want any more sponsors, as crazy as that sounds, because it's, like, overwhelming. For next month, I'm going to work on some others. But, no, I'm the same way as you guys. I, I want to make sure that we're de- delivering a lot of good content and that it's as listenable as possible. Um, but it, it's overwhelming in a good way, you know, and, and we also yeah. don't want to overcharge people because we're still growing this thing. And I, guys, if it's interesting to stuff, I recommend that, that you use it, give it a shot. And, and, and it, it's helped me. It's a lot of things that's helped me in my life where it's stuff that that's comfortable that, so you're not getting the wool pulled over your eyes with good products. Cause that happens in today's society too. So, or with wool pulled over your eyes with bad products, yeah, yeah. We're, we're offering you good stuff, good stuff out there that you're going to, if you want it, you can enjoy it. So, uh, and if you don't, well, just deal with the ad for a few. Yeah, exactly. Listen to me we're run free my guys. We're not begging it. you for money. We're yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I, I just wanted to address that really quickly. And then the other thing I wanted to say is, I, I, you know, I could correct myself when I'm wrong on here. I may have been very wrong about coronavirus. I mentioned it on the episode with Alex Jones and said that I thought, you know, this was like Ebola, people panicking too soon, which could still be the case. But the concern has grown pretty drastically. And I'm wondering how it differs where you're at. I mean, um, Omaha is still a city, but it's not a city like New York City. And I think the panic here is pretty crazy. I'm seeing even on Amazon.com, people are selling hand sanitizer for like $80. I mean, the, the uh, yeah, you gotta be careful. Bonkers. There's a lot of that fishing stuff out there, man. People, people are, are trying to make money off the panic and uh, go ahead. Ian, you're in New York. I'm in Omaha, but I'll, I'll still kind of stick to my guns a little bit. I, I still think that it's, it's, there's a lot more panic involved than how awful it is so far. Uh, and I, again, I look at deaths in the States. That's when I start seeing the pandemic or the area there is it's in yeah we have actually in omaha we have 12 cases here but those were all actually shipped to us from a princess cruise line so they're at the unmc at the medical center being treated we have one of the yeah. best medical centers in the country here at uh, nebraska uh, university of nebraska med center so um but i i don't i again i i think it's it's good to be it's good to be concerned it's good to take take you know, it's good it's good to to have that out there to know what you should do but honestly what are they telling people to do well, wash your hands. Well, what the hell, people? Have you not been washing your hands? That's my mom taught me that when I was three. <laughs> you know, you know, don't pick your nose and then go. Sh- really, I, I, I don't know, bro. I, I, you're in the city. You're in New York City, though. You have a plethora of people. Yeah. Do you like that? I was like a wapo there from <laughs> from Three Migos. You have a plethora of people. All right, man. I, I can't speak for you, and I don't know what's going on there. But with me, I just keep living, man. And we've there's been twelve deaths, and the majority of them. Uh, if not all, I, I read. I actually did keep up on this. The majority of them were, were, um, were people that actually had come. Nah, there was some that were homegrown here, but the, I, the three that I knew that I read about, the three that I did that I read about, they were in California. They already had prior conditions, so I'm looking at it going. Wow, man, isn't is that pneumonia then? I mean, is it the coronavirus? Is this? so? I, I guess I'm still I'm still kind of. Yeah, I, you take precautions, but I always wash my hands and use hand sanitizer anyway. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, my job is to go speak and fly in airplanes and shake hands. So yeah, yeah you I, actually, I, I should say, I'm, I'm at least, you know, and I'm not really in New York City other than when I do this podcast. But you have, I would be more concerned in your case, is you're on a plane with God knows yeah. where these people are from. You know, <laughs> that is like the yeah, I'm on the I call it the coronavirus incubator tube. That yeah, I'm flying on it. But that's the thing is, I'm not going to live my life like that. Am I? Am I worried about? No. No, why would I? No, I, 
I, I, I do try to keep up on it because I, I am. I'm the same way. Like, well, maybe did I speak too soon? So I've been watching and trying to figure out where these cases are, how many deaths are attributed to the cases. To me, that's the big that's the big cursor right there and the areas that it's in. And I, I still think that we've had more people with flu and I probably more deaths from flu this year. than We had the coronavirus. Oh, so is it? Yeah, yeah that's again with has it being spun up? We always have one during during a especially when the politics are hot and heavy. We have something pop up. I don't think it's a, I don't think people like I'm not Rush Limbaugh and saying, yes, it's a weaponized virus. But that's I think that's a bunch of bullshit. And that's not it. But there's always something big because brother, we're in a country. We're destroying all of our natural resources. We are tearing, even in Omaha. We're tearing down every tree and cornfield and putting up houses. We're going to have we're going to have diseases that are and we're going to have every presence is going to have something like this. And I, 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 I might, my, I'm not in the full boat yet, like you are, bro. Where I, I'm going to say, hey, you know, I was wrong. No, I, I, I might have been wrong. Is is what I'm saying? Because who knows? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, and you're, I, I don't know either. I just, I, I don't know. But from what I'm trying to follow the path and follow the pattern, because I do, I'm saying, I'm trying to stay up on. It. I have a four year old. I want to make sure I stay up on it because of my kids. Really, I've lived a good life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, but I, but I, I am watching. I'm just looking at it going, gosh, is more, more than is anything. It, it's affected business. I mean, South by yeah. Southwest uh, festival is closed down. I know people actually colleagues of mine who are at Sirius XM who were supposed to do certain gigs that they're no longer doing. Um, cause they're canceled. A lot of different, a lot of different, just internet, international, um, conferences are being canceled and they're doing yeah, them online. Yeah. I'm seeing all different types of stuff. So it's really screwing up business. That's tough. That is tough. And that's tough with my line of work too. And I know that actually, I uh, talked to the, the uh, CEO of Kepler speakers bureau who I'm with, and he's, he's, he sent a letter to all of us speakers saying, Hey, be, be advised. You're so it could affect my bottom line too, with my, the, the corporate speaking I do, because some of my events might get canceled. It's possible. So yeah, that, that, that hurts that, that hurts anybody's bottom line. But again, you got to get, I got to get through it. If I get stuff canceled and I'm not making making the money that I, I do. And I do count on that for my livelihood. Well, okay, well, I'll find something else. I'll, I'll do it. I'm actually going back and getting recertified in as in my flood insurance. That's so cool. I can jump onto that. Always, that's what always there that possibly could happen. You may find another path, find another way. Yep. So you have, this happens and I might lose speaking events and I, I'm, I'm, a very well-paid speaker. I'm going to say that right now. I am for, for in relatively speaking, I'm not half a million Hillary Clinton for talking <laughs> five minutes, but I, I and you do, give it your I, all. I, yeah, I, I do. I do well, a lot better. I, I, I still can't believe, you know, that I get paid to speak, but if I lose a lot of those, then yeah, that's going to hurt. So what am I doing? Well, I'm preparing, hope for the best, preparing for the worst as far as, as far as work goes. I'm going to get back in that certification and I enjoy doing the flood adjuster stuff and, and, but I'm not going to be out there wearing a mask. I'm not going to be out there staying at home all the time. I'm not, I'm not going to, am I going to catch the coronavirus? No, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to live like that, but living in a big city. No, even I, I, Ian brother, even if I lived in Manhattan, I still wouldn't do that. Yeah. I, I just, you can't, you can't live your life worried that you're going to catch something and going to die. It's just, I would wasn't worried about when I was in a firefight that I was going to die either. You can't live like that. You just got to keep living and keep yourself healthy and wash your hands mm -hmm. and don't pick your nose and eat your boogers after you shook somebody's hand. Don't do that. All right. I, what your mom told you when you were three. Don't pretty, do that. Yeah. Pretty simple <laughs> standard advice. Yeah. Uh, you know, just be cautious and all of that.
Um, anything else that, that you want to get to? I think I think we've covered a lot. You know what? Actually, I was going to mention. I just thought of is I did see the Facebook Live that you did, and it looks like there's going to be some future Battleline events that are going to be Ben Morgan and and with but with the brand name Battleline Tactical. Yeah. Yeah, Ben's got something coming up at the end of March, March 28th and 29th, I believe it is. But go to my Battleline Tactical page and check it out. Um, these guys are great instructors. Benny Glossop and Ben Morgan, the two that we, we use primarily when we do team stuff together. I would highly recommend going and learning just from them individually. And, yeah, I, I do want them. I think Ben Ben has his own uh, training, but I, I, using the Battleline name, if it gets him out there visibly, because I think people are really missing out. They're going in, and really they are – learning from other instructors or learning from quote celebrity instructors, which I mean, I even fall in that dang category. And, uh, I would say Ben is Ben's better Ben Ben is. And you, you, you know, you're, you're going to get a great guy that knows how to shoot. That's very personable. He's got the pedigree. He's a ranger. He's from first Ranger battalion. He's been downrange in Iraq. So you got all that going and, and, and it's, he, he makes it fun and he's very unintimidating and he's the nicest, again, unintimidating, nicest guy in the world, but he knows his shit. So man, sign up, go to battlelinetactical.net, battlelinetactical.net and check him out and sign up for his course. He's got one come to Colorado, but he's also got two more this year too. Just look on the battlelinetactical.net and you'll see where it's just going to be him. And then also you can look at Benny Glossop as well, which is the combative battleline lead combatives instructors well awesome man yeah no it sounds like it makes sense to have them do stuff with the name and with the brand and uh yeah i'm i'm proud to be a part of battle line in this capacity so um with that wrapping things up fort scott munitions once again who we love is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass cnc spun ammunition it's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammo was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring they receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through FortScottMunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order, only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. And uh, you know what? Unless there's anything else you want to say, Chris, I wanted to wrap up with this thought. Um, rest in peace to Ed Engels, who was in a, was a um, professor and uh, really an advisor for people at Hofstra University, WRHU, the radio station, um, when I was there, and a legend in the sports talk community. Um, you know, he, he was an older guy, so he, he lived a very full life, but the guy got to interview Muhammad Ali, uh, wow. pretty much all the great sports stars out there. And you want to talk about, I mean, some of the stuff we were saying in this podcast about achieving goals for others as you get older, this guy didn't need to keep working. And, you know, he was in his eighties, I believe, um, when I was at WRHU at Hofstra, maybe seventies, eighties. And uh, he was still meeting with students and encouraging them and telling them to pursue their dreams and uh, using his experience of interviewing some of the biggest athletes of all time and having a really successful career and, and saying, go out and do it. And 
I saw like a flood of people on Twitter who are graduates of Hofstra University who are now verified on Twitter because they're sportscasters in different regions. And they were like, Ed Engels inspired me to do what I did. Um, so rest in peace to him. Wanted to make sure I mentioned that on, on this broadcast. Now, nah, let's let's end it with that, brother. I think that's outstanding because, uh, uh, you know, anybody that's that's put a lot into any any realm that they want to be in and put their heart and soul into it. You know, you got to give that respect. I don't know the man, but um, you know, I know, you know, him. he actually it says speaks volumes because he taught, he taught you, right. He taught yeah. you a lot of stuff and, you, and you're pretty much the expert as far as I'm concerned is for what we do. So Thanks, man. And, no, he, and he was just always down to speak to students and any questions yeah. they had. And like I said, I think most people at that age, you know, late seventies, early eighties, they, they want to go home and they, and they don't want to think about this, but he, he loved and I think lived for helping other young people get to that level that he was on and, and encouraging them to pursue their dreams. No, that, that's fantastic. You know, God bless him and bless his family, especially the ones that, that are still here. That, and I hate, I hate saying left behind. Oh, absolutely. They'll have your daughter. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, the, the ones that are his family that are still living his legacy. And, and you speak volumes of them. So, brother, I I, 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 go, I always go with what you say, especially within the radio <laughs> world. And, and that that's means that's, that's where we can end it. I'm good with that. That's all for this week's Battleline podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed. And keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Battleline Podcast. Also on Twitter at Battleline Pod. As always, never quit. Battle.